Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there and welcome to The Gong Show. My name's Steph Postuma. I'll be joined by Andy Burns and Simon Evans to talk about issues relating to the food and hospitality industry with insights from guests, including chefs, business owners, producers, policymakers, and experts. This week we're doing a recap show. We've been through a lot of different topics on The Gong Show so far. We've talked about the environment, we've talked about pokies, we've talked about licensing, closing a cafe, women in hospitality, all sorts of different issues. So we thought we'd go back through some of these things that we've spoken about and give any updates that we've found in the media and give any thoughts that we've had since we talked about it on previous podcasts. So this is a bit of an update show. It's just a short one. Hope you enjoy the show. Let's get into it. Welcome to The Gong Show, episode number 11. Thank you for joining us. My name is Stefan Postuma, and with me, as always, are Simon Evans, hey. chef extraordinaire, Kavo Restaurant Wollongong, and Andy Burns, G'day. chef and owner of Babyface Kitchen, Two Smoking Barrels Venue and Food Truck. Thank you for joining us, and good to see you again within a week of the last podcast. Look at this guy. I'm going overseas uh, tomorrow for a few weeks, so we're going to do this one now, and I'll release it sometime while I'm overseas, so you guys don't miss out on anything. Yeah. But thank you for joining us. And we'd like to first acknowledge the Dharawal people who are the traditional custodians of the land of the Illawarra and pay respect to elders past and present. Uh, guys, basically we put together the idea for this show was to basically catch up on some of the stuff that we've been talking about so far because we've yeah. talked about some hot little issues. Um, I guess one of the funny things... When I was when I was editing the other podcast the other day, I had a look at the the little script for the intro that I do, you know, before we start here, and it's funny to think that 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 actually doesn't fit with what the podcast is anymore. So I changed it. So like at the very start, I'd say where this is what the Gong Show is. Yeah. We're talking about food and hospitality in the Illawarra. Oh yeah. Yet that's kind of not very much of what we do anymore. Yeah, really. So well, now we're actually talking about yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're in the Illawarra. It's just yeah. But um, food, it's a food podcast from the Illawarra about yeah. food, food and hospitality. Well, the stuff, that's just the thing is that the, all the issues are the same hospitality almost wherever you go. Yeah. Even in whatever country you're in. Yeah. Um, so we might yeah it might be referencing restaurants and local chefs, but uh, mm. yeah, it's. Uh, Except for the pokies, that's pretty unique. We do have some serious pokies in, in Wollongong. That's something that we'll talk about today. So we basically decided that uh, today we'll just um, recap some of the issues, further uh, developments in any of the 
the issues that we've talked about so far. Um, and that flashback episode. The flashback every, news episode. Every sitcom and series has to have. That's it. It's, it's a, a cheap one. Every every ten episodes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. when someone's going overseas and you <laughs> yeah, need a, yeah, yeah, you need yeah. a quick podcast, you yeah. do one of these. Come on out. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like I, I guess we can just get straight into it. If we've got time at the end, I was just gonna I was gonna do a bit of fun stuff, but uh, we'll see <laughs> yeah. how much. Uh-huh. It's good to hear. Yeah, we bought some. We got some. We were all wearing white t-shirts, here. so I was thinking a wet t-shirt, cold t-shirt, or something yeah. of the sort. Something for the old people. Um, our first, um, our first podcast. Oh, this is great. Great start. Um, our first podcast, we were talking about wage theft, and that was kind of like the biggest issue of 2017. We, we went in hard to start, didn't particularly we? of the Illawarra. Yeah. Probably need a street, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. So you know what? That, it's quite funny because I think it was just someone's idea, like the day we did that podcast, was like, let's have a section called Real Talk where we talk about something <laughs> yeah, serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And now, now that's mainly what the podcast yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we were talking about wage theft. Obviously, it's still a major issue in hospitality. There are some developments that we can talk about, but guys, have you had any... Th- extra like any additional thoughts since the last one um there's not too much news coming out of Wollongong that I've heard on on the yeah. cases that sort of were exposed in the Alora Mercury is it did very much start from the, the article that was about Wollongong originally yeah. by the university student um and now it's really captured the national media mm. um possibly that the focus has shifted away from Wollongong so you haven't heard much or any repercussions that happened here and um, shifted up to Sydney. So whether that's a result of everyone going, oh, this is actually a problem in, in a real city in Sydney. Yeah. And they've taken up there. But um, definitely some, some big big names have been caught up in it. Mm. Well, I, um, I heard from an unnamed source that there is still a lot of investigations like going on mm. uh, okay. from, from that. Like, that's positive. Over, like, uh, it was a lot. It was like over 100 like separate cases yeah right because I mean I think we did chat about it but like they came into uh, they just basically did the whole Illawarra from yep. what I knew because friend, I had friends that owned restaurants and um, they just had uh, fair work just kind of show up chat to staff like they chatted to our staff um, while we weren't there and stuff like we didn't even know about how it how do they do that how do they, they just actually like showed up at the cafe yep. and said can I sit down with you who do you work for show me your payslip what if you're busy? What if you're in the middle of like? Yeah, well, you, do you yeah, have to do if, that? Are you yeah. obliged to sit oh, down? We, were, we weren't even there. I guess so. How? I doubt they would just do it if they. It's pretty if interesting. We could that, do something that they about can actually it. do that. Yeah. At the end of the day, like the, the only thing that I, that's was kind of like pissed off about was like, was this person in the middle of like looking after our customers? Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like you're employing if this they person. They were sorry. Yeah. But I anyway they yeah they sat down and they just go through payslip hours and talk to your staff and that's how they did the investigation and then I think after that that's when well they went deeper if things were sort of looking a bit mm. um, a bit weird or if the employee raised some concerns it's interesting that they're still investigating it that was almost two years ago yeah but they've probably got a lot a lot of stuff yeah. to, like they'd have a lot of stuff oh, to yeah. go through with a lot of separate yeah, businesses like, and I guess I think they probably individually wrap the cases up yeah it doesn't really, oh, help, it doesn't really help you if, you if you're in that work for that company and still get underpaid for the yeah. two years oh no exactly. I assume you know, but if, I mean, if you had to call you'd, you'd clean your act pretty quick have a think about how long these things are, yeah. usually drag out it's usually takes a lot of time to get anything through any yeah. sort of government I guess 
it'd be hard to it'd be hard to sort of speculate at what sort of the the goals of these investigations and things are. It seems because the issue of underpayment of workers in hospitality is so systemic that a proper overhaul of the system would need to take these this kind of resources and time mm. because it, it, it's it's fundamentally changing like the way that people think about paying their staff and the way that the, the expectations of those staff educating people about what they need to be paid yeah. and, and and that sort of thing yeah. as well um and hopefully that's kind of what they're doing like i i don't know because it's kind of it's a, it's a it's a problem that's been around for so long so is potentially exposing bad practices in a few venues making them repay the staff that already have been underpaid like are yeah. these sorts of things going lo- are these long-term solutions or or is it sort of a band-aid and then and then eventually after the story gets out of the media cycle and 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 people sort of think are thinking about other things is it, is it, is it something that just will continue to happen in the industry i don't know I think yeah. there's a lot of awareness now, mm-hmm. and like with, oh, as Simon, as Simon mentioned, there's some big names that yeah. have that have come under massive scrutiny and had, well, I mean, not fines, I guess, but like they've been forced to pay yeah, people back, what yeah, they're fucking pay. entitled to, yeah. which and, and is some definitely was, the right was, thing. Was a lot, you know, like twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand yeah. dollars of so, back pay and stuff. So, I, mean, so like, I guess yeah, they are yeah. I guess, forcing change. I guess also a small little restaurant in you know, wherever getting find for something isn't making the newspapers yep. so there may be you know, lots of people and actions been taken that we wouldn't have heard about obviously when, when, it, when it's Rockpool Rockpool Neil Perry or Sir Colin Barish yeah. um, mm. they're big names they're going to make a paper and also you hear about them um, or have they gone after these big names to make a make a statement as it were, that's probably Maybe. that's that's probably a fair point. And 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 for people that aren't aware, I guess in in July of this year, two thousand and eighteen, Rockpool, uh, there was an investigation by the Age and the City Morning Herald uh, on Rockpool's uh, payment practices of their staff. Uh, their expected operating costs of the Rockpool Group for two thousand eighteen, uh, seventeen eighteen, would be forty million dollars, and. Same as Caveau? Yeah, similar. Same as Babyface? Yeah. Oh, we're, Burn Street's probably got you know, a few more things going on there. Food trucks. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Like a project level, Yeah. Same, same. So, essentially, like, I guess the story here is, well, like, one of the one of the major things that were complained about are basically staff not being paid for overtime. Uh, there was and, and there was basically just a shitload of staff that were identified as like not being paid for any of their overtime, um, and that equating to a very very low sort of below award yeah. rate. Which I think, I think everyone will acknowledge that is, has become right or wrong. Uh, yeah, probably wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. um, yeah. Standard practice in hospitality. Yeah. So um, I think you could you could go to a lot of restaurants uh, and, and ping them for that. I think yeah. also though that. Um, you kind of wonder how much that is standard practice a lot of, across a lot of industries. Like, it, hospitality is notorious for it being a long hours industry. Yeah. But I've also had friends that, like, I've got friends that work in finance, and I was having a conversation with one the other day who recently started up his own business. Yeah. And he was saying that now he he is doing so many less hours than when he was working with a major bank because the workload they would just inundate you with work yeah. that you had to get done to keep your job given like on a really good salary because they're working for a bank and not a restaurant yeah, yeah. but the hours that you the hours that you do to make that salary and stuff like uh, yeah, astronomical if, if, it does you, happen in a lot of industries yeah. I guess if, if you worked out what they were getting paid per hour would that still be I'm not, I'm not sure what the award rate is for a 
someone in finance. Yeah. But if you worked out per hour, would they still be on fifty dollars an hour? Whereas with a hospitality worker, you're on um, when you work it out, it's fifteen. Dropping, yeah, it's dropping below fifteen. Well, so maybe you could look at like not going to feel sorry for the bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll look at Cabos or baby faces like. Yeah. Net profit for last year, and then look at the banks. Yeah, well, yeah, and then even, like maybe it's relative. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, 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 that, that as well. Um, but I guess it's still like I mean, can we practice this relativism when we sort of like talk about these the differences between industries? Like, regardless of the fact that you are making a better wage than yeah, someone yeah. in hospitality, is it okay to be expected to work astronomical hours? when perhaps at the start of your contract, when you're given that contract and, and, and the figure for your salary, you don't necessarily know that you're signing up to be in the office for 60 hours a week. Yeah, definitely. Like, no, I, I, no. I think yeah. neither of them are right. I think you can tear them and, and say... Of course. That, that, um, it just yeah, fucking it, hurts when it if, means that you're, you're poor. Yeah, well, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, and yeah. you know, and, and, and you're working yeah. that many the, hours the, and you're making yeah. the sacrifices you are. Like, yeah, the, the people at the bottom get hurt more by things like that. Um, you know, same as they get hurt, hit more by GST. Exactly. Um, yeah, because less less earnings. Things like that. So, it's, yes, they're still bad. Yeah. So, so it's not feel bad. If people bad. don't know what they're getting themselves into, and then that happens, yeah. then something should be done about it for sure. Mm. Yeah. Um, one of the other issues with the rock pool uh, story is that there were a lot of migrant workers, both chefs and sort of uh, kitchen hands and and all that sort of thing, and quite a few came out and said that they were concerned about raising any of their issues with their pay because they thought it would affect their visa and there was also a uh, a bit of a weird weird thing going on where the full-timers were getting paid by one company and and casual and and part-timers were getting paid by a different company which right. which which was something sort of like strange in the workings there but I think that that something to do with tax yeah, as a migrant worker, I think that yeah, and, and when you have a sort of a visa issue in limbo, if you if you're feeling vulnerable about that, you you yeah. probably feel pretty Definitely. shit. Well, like if you're being your, underpaid and you don't have any kind of your visa is linked recourse. to your four five seven, which which I am actually currently on. Um, you, you're linked to that job. Yeah. So if you get sacked from that job, you you basically have um, like a month or it might be three months. Um, to find a new job who will sponsor you mm. which, which isn't every, every company um, and also there can, there can be some financial you know, things to pay for your visa there so definitely pretty worried and, and not want to rock the boat in any way especially when it came to money um, if, if you're on a visa and that, that was the only reason you are in the country you're yeah. scared shitless yeah mm. it's not fun it's a, no it wouldn't be a very nice position mm. to, to be in mm. it's not no so there happened to be an article actually came out today that, that sort of followed up on the Rockpool case. And, uh, you know, a few of the spokespeople have gone ahead and sort of admitted some oversight, like never really saying, yes, we did the wrong thing or whatever it yeah. was. It was just always sort of like this ambiguous language about oversight and, and, yeah. and, and, and things like that. And there's two things that kind of came out of it. One of them was that they're reducing hours, essentially, and they're not having they're not pe- having people work 60 hours. You know, they're capping it at, say, 45 hours or something like that. And another one, which I'll let Simon have the first word on, is that Neil Perry said, and in a quote, uh, Rockpool Group are now one of very few, if any, restaurants that are complying with current workplace laws, which... Seems like it's. A, I think that's a stupid statement, to be honest. I don't think that's a very responsible yeah. statement. It's, it like, seems like you're now bragging. Yeah. After you spend you know, how many years fucking people over, 
And, yeah. um, and I think there's plenty of restaurants and, and, and cafes that have paid their staff right for a long time, and they're not celebrating. There's been a couple of other chefs who've come out recently and said, you know, we've just we just cut staff's hours and we're going to pay them for every hour and, and pay them properly. And, and they've been very much celebrated for it when the implication is that they, they've been doing it wrong. No, like knowing, yeah, knowing you're doing yeah. it wrong for so many years. And yes, it's good that they've changed, but then suddenly everyone's like, oh, bloody good on you, mate. Mm. Oh, just you're, fucking you're, oh, leading the look, way. Look, yeah, leading the way. Like, whereas Caveau, even uh, you know, with myself and Tom and um, with Peter and Nicola, always uh, bang on the hours, ne- never much over, over 40, um, and always paid properly, always paid for what you work fairly. Um, at the awards for the last 13, 14 years mm. and no one's you know, no one's no one's given you a pat on the back on, on and the, the same with your businesses too Andy yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. well, as, so. as fucking best we can with the information provided mm. to us by Fair Work. and the same yeah, as a yeah. lot of fucking businesses actually like well, I mean yeah, you're just yeah. two people but like you 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 know ran the kitchen at Diggies for a long time and you know that they did oh, the right thing and fucking like if something got forgotten like you would get back paid without even having to query it yeah. you would get an email saying oh this has happened we didn't realise it um, here's your back pay yeah. it's like like they were so as by the book as anyone I've, I've known and credit to them they had a, they had fucking 80 something staff you know yeah. it's big money like mm. when things like that happen and mm. they did it all like all by the book yeah, so I, I just feel that there's, there's plenty of businesses that do it right. So for, to come out with a statement saying, well, we've changed it now, and we're probably one of the better ones now, it's kind of like, well... I, I think it sounds yeah, like right. a statement where he's he's probably just a little bit sore yeah. about the whole... Like, oh, look, I don't know. I don't know Neil Perry. I'm sure he's a great bloke, but mm. like... Saw about the whole fact that, that that got exposed and maybe tarnished the you know yeah, identity exactly, of yeah. the brand for a while and whatever. And now that they're doing it right, it's just kind of that smug sort of like, well, we're now one of few that actually are doing it. Yeah, because, yeah. So I don't know. That's just I don't, I don't. I just don't like comments like that. I don't think there's any real like necessary place for them because you kind of just should have been doing it from the start. So yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that <clears throat> gets me a little bit when. Uh, yeah, again, good good that people change, good that people change their policy and pay people right, but there's plenty of us who've been doing it the right way for quite a long time. Mm. Um, and are probably struggling a little bit more to pay their bills than, <laughs> well, than well, yeah, exactly. You know, than a restaurant that's in the top twenty five in the world and yeah. is full every night and can charge three hundred dollars for dinner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a forty million dollar company. Yeah. Well that's yeah, I mean I'm, I'm referring to someone else, but yeah. that, oh, okay. that's the, the rock pool. Yeah, well yeah. It's funny too, like like this might be a sensitive one and we might not be educated enough to know about it, but like it doesn't seem to these people like George Columbaris and Neil Perry are such highly lauded and well-regarded uh, industry members that it doesn't seem to affect their standing in the industry at all. Any of yeah. this, it's like, it's like, yeah, you know, all of this, all of this is very well and good, like the Columbaris case and the Neil Perry case, but you know, Two weeks time, open a new restaurant in Melbourne or whatever it is, and yeah. it's like here's the new restaurant from Neil Perry or George yeah, Columbaris, yeah. and everyone go there because it's yeah, going to yeah, be fucking yeah. awesome. And, 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 and on, whatever, he's like, still got his TV deals. He's still, still got everything. So he hasn't lost anything. And if you look at like um, any other kind of uh, thing that's happening in other industries where someone's done something wrong or you know broken the law, mm. basically um, they they lose out in some way, whether it's through you know, lack of customers or it is. But yeah, that definitely seems like there hasn't been any repercussions from the consumer and the diners so whether they you know, don't care or don't know 
um, whatever it is. But yeah, there, there hasn't seemed to be any actual repercussion on the the people behind it. I guess maybe they'd take a bit of a hit in the immediate aftermath of an article like yeah, that. Yeah, possibly. Um, but I just don't think is, is is any publicity good publicity. Perhaps too. No, I'm, I'm not saying it's the best way for a marketing company to go with a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, plan is. We're just going to underpay everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait till we get some media yeah. coverage. We're just, City Morning, anyway, we're getting City Morning Herald, to be honest. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Well, it is, it is tough, though. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know figures on how much these people were being underpaid or something. Like, whether it was deliberate or it was oversight or whatever. Like, but it's when it's this big. Like, and a company is that big, it could be 30 or $40 a week for X amount of people that adds up to an astronomical figure. Mm. In a company like mine, it could be $30, $40 a week. We could sort of fix, if it was a quarter that that happened for that we didn't know about something, mm. we could fix that quite easily. These mm. guys end up, the figure looks like they've been yeah, just ripping yeah. people off for the last 10 years deliberately. And so it's like... We can speculate, you know, but like I, I, I don't own a company. I, guess, like. I don't own a company that big, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it would be very hard, but I, I, I guess what, what I mentioned to you guys earlier was that these guys are looked up to, revered. Like company this size, I feel probably is making a decent amount of profit. Um, again, speculating, but you would you would hope so if they have this many restaurants and they've mm. been around for this long. They kind of, I think, need to lead the way in what they charge in their venues mm-hmm. um, and what the consumer sees as a fair price for whether it be fine dining or a burger yeah. so that we can then do the same as the little guy and everyone can pay everyone properly and the consumer knows what they should expect to pay for, as I said, fine dining or a burger when they walk through the door. Yeah. And that is the main thing, that we can charge enough to the to our, to our guests um, whether it be at a food truck or, or in our restaurant Babyface, we can charge enough to pay everyone properly, mm. look after our staff really well, give them a bonus or, some, or a, a gift or whatever we want to do every now and then, and everyone's happy. Mm. But it, it goes both ways. Mm. Consumer needs to, to pay and not whinge about it, and, and, <laughs> you know, and the big guys need to lead by example by setting those prices. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Should we go to the next one? Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, Maybe you, can you summarize like yeah people get paid shit. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I guess where do we get to with this? Essentially, it's still a problem. It's being investigated, and I guess the positive that comes out of it, and 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 the one thing that the gong, the one thing that the gong show is really doing is 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 keeping it in people's minds. Exactly, keeping Always. it keeping people aware of the fact Always. that this is an issue that needs to be solved. So, and so we're solving these issues one by so one. So have we solved this right? one? Yes or no? Oh, we, I, we, I feel we, like we, it's in the process. I say, I say that. <laughs> After we listening to the Gong Show, to be, to be these investigators from Fair Work have gone out to the yeah. to these cafes and oh. are now doing some serious investigations, and we're not letting them get away with it. So I think that's what happened. If you're listening, yeah. keep doing those investigations, and let's 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 well, we increase the awareness more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Can I ask New South Wales? <laughs> which 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 episode did we do the the wine tinny taste? Uh, we did that with licensing. the licensing. Oh, okay, so I, I do have some recapping to do on that one. Well, let's do that now. Oh, we're going to just oh, let's talk about licensing. I, well. I, just, no. I just want to point out that after we did that episode, um, the wine front <laughs> reviewed some wine tins. Shout out to, shout out to um, Benny. To, yeah, my, my, Many my, of the same ones that we Gary reviewed Gorsh that day as well. Yeah, uh, go figure, Mike. Yeah, yeah bloody hell, mate. Um, and then uh, actually the, the month after it was in Halliday Magazine as well. Mm. So bringing awareness to yeah, wine tins. Yeah, that's just bullshit. All around. So I think that one case closed. 
Yeah, Sold. I think that we Done. basically tick. Yeah, tick. We've single-handedly put wine tins on the map here yeah. at the the Gong Show. So, Shout out to Luke who was there for an expert that's, that's a win. opinion. Shout out to us. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyone drank a wine tin since that podcast? Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Not me. Not me either. <laughs> <laughs> Not once. <laughs> so, I have a um, wine room. <laughs> for all those wines that we reviewed that day and said they're awesome, they're not awesome enough for us to buy. <laughs> yeah, apparently. So, yeah, I don't get well, Simon much, fucking bought them, so I didn't care. <laughs> yeah, I still have never bought a wine tin. I guess. Yeah, licensing. Yeah, that was a good one. Well, yeah. let's keep going with licensing. Yeah, license, well, um, like, yeah. yeah, you guys can get started on the licensing issue. Um, seems a. Uh, I think some of the things we talked about were. That they don't take individual merit of each place. Sometimes it's it's a, an area. They they think there's too much too many licenses of that given out. And I think um, with a couple of small bar two M licenses have gone out recently. And then um, the boys from Helen uh, Wolf opened a new bar uh, called the Office of Birth, Deaths, and Marriages. Opening um, opening soon. Uh, they they originally applied for two M license and didn't get it. And I, I think may have to confirm this one. May have to be a. Edited if, if I'm wrong. We could but, do a um, retraction. A retraction, yeah. But um, well, one of the fuck reasons that. Is you put it out there, mate. It's <laughs> out there. Well, yeah, it's done now. The world. Um, well, good food will write an article after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> nice. um, and and so it seemed like one of the reasons was that there was two other bars with the same license in very close proximity, um, opened in, in the previous six months. Yeah, that um, doesn't surprise me though. Oh, not at all. No, not at all. No, 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 I, I was kind of worried about when, when when they said and we do the two bars opening. Um, so that obviously hasn't changed. So I, mean, I think that would definitely come into play with anyone opening a a bar in an area is to look at what licenses have been given recently because they seem to um, you know, discriminate based on that. Yeah, which is interesting. Well, they did that to us. I mean, I mentioned yeah. it on the podcast at the restaurant. Yeah, like, yeah. You, you go in the same in, in the same yeah, exactly. in the same pool of license, you know, applicants mm. as the Hotel Illawarra or like these massive venues and stuff where mm. there's a lot of trouble but you're yeah, a restaurant yeah. or you're a cocktail bar or you're a yeah. wine bar or yeah. something like that and rather than assessing what style of place you are in the clientele like you'll, you'll attract yeah. they they just see it as another license application yeah, exactly, which yeah. doesn't seem logical yeah and I, yeah, and well, I don't see in that area there's now there's obviously a, a wine bar um, with a term license there's a you know, what is a <coughs> very small Cocktail and, and beer based bar, black black cockatoo, and then and then there's the harp, yep, two M license and um, Mr. Crown, Mr. Crown, three M three M license. But, so but that's quite what I mean, like, but they're all quite different, mm. and I can definitely point to two <laughs> of those. Different. I can point to two out of those four, which I think we have more trouble with uh, with licensing laws than the police. Yeah, but there's no like there doesn't Not seem to be any like any sort of Crown, rewards but. or like penalties. Like, yes, fines, whatever, but I mean penalties in the sense... It's like, it's like once these licences are given out, it's like someone could fucking... has to die there for something to change about yeah, that licence. Yeah, like, yeah. it's like, no, that, that's, a, that's been a five-year yeah, licence for 20 years. That's never going to change. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck yeah. not? No, you had, you had four fights, yeah. a fucking glassing... Sorry, mate, you can only open until 12 now, and mm-hmm. these guys who want to open, well, we're, yeah. we're going to give you a chance. You can have a 2 a.m. licence yeah, yeah, for yeah. 12 months. Yeah, like, it just... It. Yeah, yeah. It's I like mean, they're just written in stone. Yeah. yeah. So I think it, again, like with the original podcast, it, it creeps along. the The small bar two M license is a good step. 
uh, hopefully see more of them in Wollongong. It's been great having a couple of venues where it's really nice, isn't it? Country. Now, yeah, for us, yeah, it's both the work. Yeah, finish work, and you're we like, go, oh, yeah, we go quite a bit. Go to the yeah. Black Cockatoo, have a beer. Like, and I would have gone straight home Saturday night, but yeah. Jen, David, and I usually go. Um, we'll sneak one in at the Throsby, say good day to the guys there, and then mm. maybe go and have one or two more at the Black Cockatoo yeah. because we can. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and then and you go home, and then that's how these bars are kind of being used. Well, by that's it. Yeah. people. No, no, I go out on the street and I just start fighting. People. <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah, I've never <laughs> seen any. My like, size really. I just get on a fucking rage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like very, very. Like I think that it would almost be worth getting whoever is the person that writes you know signs off on these licenses and taking them to the harbour oh, yeah. at one o'clock on a Saturday night and then taking them into the well, black cockatoo and saying actually, this is the type of place yeah. that so the, the next application might be obviously <laughs> they have licensing police and the police do a lot of that but do the people who are actually in the office sign in their way on it do they actually go visit the places I don't know do they actually go no, see it first hand like, I, I very much doubt the guys we've had actually since we opened the restaurant I've got to say like Brack and I don't know the other um guys then that we've dealt with but they've been awesome yeah they've been fucking great man they've they you know we got granted our license and obviously what we do at the restaurant's very different than what the harp does or even what the black cockatoo or the night yeah, does but that natural wine's dangerous fucking yeah dangerously <laughs> fucking awesome um, <laughs> no but like yeah into to their credit um i feel like they've been great and i've never heard a bad word from any of like mm. my friends about sort of the licensing the new licensing guys in Wollongong yeah cool well look I think that if you were to quantify it we've definitely had a net positive since we did the last podcast because there are now these 2am small bars yeah and as you said Simon there, there was also recently you know Wollongong got a bit of a shout out from the Keep Sydney Open oh, um, yeah. crew as a place as a place that that's sort of moving forward with responsible drinking culture and the granting of of later licenses with these small bars and things and not going backwards and 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 trying to keep some culture rather than get rid of it well yeah there's no imposed lockout laws here which i don't think particularly work um so so, i mean and and, you know and you can go out at half one you've only been there for half an hour because we haven't got late particularly late opening hours but um yeah there's there's no no kind of lockouts to anything Mm. like in sydney they won't let you out for a fucking ciggy Mm. That's pretty, it's pretty crazy. One, I feel but... like the whole thing with Sydney um, is that they haven't listened to what the people have really said about about how they feel about the lockout laws. Like yeah. there's been massive protests. Um, there's basically been a movement, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. And by by the people by the people who are you know affected by it. Mm. Um, and no, no, they haven't they haven't budged. No, yeah. they're just not fucking listening. That's, that's how it seems yeah. well, I mean, from it, us, it us of, people in the country in Wollongong. It kind of has had a bit of a benefit to the outer suburbs that aren't in the lockout um, areas in Sydney, though. Newtown. So, so, yeah, yeah. Places like, mm-hmm. are kind of buzzing late yeah, right now. Yeah, of course. Um, obviously, I think they've shifted probably some of the problems there. But um, it has kind of had some, some sort of benefits to other places. Mm. But, yeah, I don't think they, they haven't released any statistics showing any, you know, that it's worked particularly in Sydney. Mm. Um I think, I think Newcastle tried it years ago as well, didn't they, with a lockout law? I can't remember. I remember, I remember New, Newcastle being a bit of a support, and, and it basically okay. worked. <laughs> and it's funny, because in, in the UK, they, they brought in 24-hour licensing with one of the reasons of, of people don't just get there for two hours and get fucking shit-faced. Yeah. Um, and then there's different, you know, people, not everyone leaving at the same time as well. Um, bars and pubs and clubs all closing at different times. And I think that that's lowered alcohol-related violence and intoxication and things like that. So... 
Um, it's funny how two different countries with similar drinking problems treated the problem in two that's completely cr- yeah. different ways. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's a whole other podcast. We can talk about the yeah. lockout laws. We might get someone from Sydney down to talk about it. It's probably the best well, yeah, idea. Open, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to let's move on to another so podcast. Did we solve this issue? Or? Uh, did we go? Did we solve this licensing issue? I'm not about issue? solving. I think all in all. Well, it seems that there's been a lot of forward positive, progress yeah. since yeah. the last Gong Show it's podcast about effect. it. So and good on the guys. Good on the Night Parrot. Good on um, Blackcock too. Yeah. And all these guys promoting, you know, a safe um, place. You know, I guess the word is safe. Yep. You know, oh, yeah. um, and positive place to have a late night drink where where you can feel comfortable. Yeah. And you know, yep. you'll have crazy great. loud music. Yeah. I've been in the harp in over a year now, so that's good. It was. You, you love it. Yeah, it's great. Don't, don't, don't oh no, fuck! I have like, I know I have to scratch yeah, that. You do. You're scratch that. I haven't been in the harp. I scratched that last. Yeah. Time. So yeah, I was happy. Anywho. Yeah. All right. Um. Closing a business. So we had Emma and Yon from Sandy Goodwich in to talk about what it was like um, making the decision to close a, you know, a quite a long-standing and successful cafe. This and is I g- number two, correct, Steph? Yeah. Second episode? Second episode, I think, yeah. yeah we went to deep, didn't we? Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. That was a cool episode. Yeah, that was a cool um, We thought so. Yeah. Just, I mean, obviously, like, we can't t- talk too much about that because they've already given us all their thoughts on it but yeah I mean there's a lot going on with those guys basically the last time I talked to Emma she said that it's just awesome being able to um, focus more on making awesome pastries and mm. not on running a cafe so yeah, you know getting more time with the kids and the family and, and all fuck, that sort of thing they are awesome fuck oh yeah if you haven't been up to Miller's local bakehouse get up there because yeah. we've got some fucking red hot croissants in Wollongong yeah. that, um, that should have a line but, up like, yeah, yeah exactly like uh, yeah so but but I think that this is an opportunity now to kind of there's been quite a few high profile closures um, in Sydney and sort of Australia wide and internationally I guess since we did that podcast um, and we can just have you know throw a few thoughts into the pot about these uh, just just firstly in Wollongong like despite the fact that Sandy Goodrich closed like Sandy Goodrich was a successful business but one unfortunate aspect of the hospitality industry is that there is a really high rate of business small business failure Um, and there's a lot of people out there who might not have might not have any experience in it or they might and 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 we'll show this by talking about some of these other examples of high profile places that are closing but at kind of what any whatever level you're at it's almost impossible in hospitality to know whether or not you're going to make a successful business Mm. when you're starting a new one and in Wollongong, there's been numerous cafes come and go in the, just in the time that we've been doing this podcast. Yeah, numerous little cafes and, Crown Street and, the, and the, restaurants. Um, the bus stop. Uh, I walk past every day, and, and the new one opened. I think it's called uh, Cafe on Crown. Mm-hmm. It was there for about three months, it seemed, and then yep. it was closed. Now, now someone else is taking over. Um, it looks nice in there. Uh, can't remember what's called now. But um, yeah, and that, that was gone in, in a blink of an eye. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 there's been a bunch. Yeah. And I guess that, like, the, the sad thing about it is behind all these things, there's people that have put their money and livelihoods and blood, sweat and tears into making a place that they believe in. And then unfortunately, it you know doesn't work. And yeah. that's one of the sad things about the industry. Uh, but yeah, like as I was saying before, there's no it's, it's so hard to gauge because we have seen now three massive entities go under since we did this last podcast and they're Zumbo, in voluntary administration with reported debts of 10 million 
Uh, Jade Temple, one of Neil Perry's joints up in Sydney, and Jamie's Italian worldwide has essentially collapsed. So, mm. um, yeah, like I guess we can, like, like well, we can sort of go by one one for one, but you would never think that an organisation like Zumbo, yeah, seems huge. Would yeah, would like, go on. I think it's a just such a name, and, yeah. and uh, but I think a lot of it comes down to when these bigger companies is too fast expansion, mm-hmm. um, especially you know if, if you're imagine he's got some backing from uh, someone with some money so so when you have backers they want to make their money back so when they see an opportunity to, to expand at an exponential rate when you've got a you know, you've got a famous name you appear on MasterChef and all these TV things um, and the first couple are working really well yeah well exactly yeah so you want to keep keep pushing them out and rolling them out and then, then they find that they can't sustain it and I think that happens to, to a lot of big companies like that it's a lot in the UK recently as well like, even burger chains have uh, gone under in the UK recently like um, Byron um Massive chain across the country expanded too fast, and like you almost can't lose with burgers mm. all the time. Um, but again, it's expanded too fast, uh, and then uh, you know, went bankrupt. It's yeah. a fine line, I think, of getting to that point mm. and <clears throat> then keeping on going. And it can be if all these places have a bad quarter, yeah, it's just too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when much. you are that big, you know, yeah, like extrapolates. I think that yeah, it can, it can just. I mean, and the, did you mention the, net, the other Jamie's closings? Yeah, Jamie's Italian, like, UK so, and Australia. So that, that's mental because he's mm. probably the most it's famous Jamie, Jamie Oliver. chef. Yep. Goes, in, to sh- goes to show. Inverted commas in the world. He's actually the richest chef in inverted commas in the world. I'm calling that the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, for him to fail is, is insane. Um, but I think I, I heard him talking about his Covent Garden restaurant, so the business place in London. Um, and he said they were making eighty thousand pounds a week, mm. which is insane money. Mm. Um, but he said their their uh, their break even was one hundred and ten thousand a week. Mm. <laughs> wow! So, <laughs> like, and when you're dealing with those numbers, that's that's tough. Mm. That's tough to uh, to break even. Yeah, well, well, and it can again if if you're dropping X amount of money per week, like I think you can see something spiral out of control yeah. very fucking quickly oh yeah yeah and it just goes to show you though it doesn't matter who you are yeah I, th- I think that the, actually the worst thing with these big companies failing and going to administration is, is that then obviously when, when they're in debt of 10 million dollars that's generally to suppliers um, mm. staff and stuff. probably super yep. um, things <laughs> maybe like that. rent but rent usually well. it's yeah, people yeah yeah people <laughs> um, and normally the first thing the government will try and get back is, is the tax they might not have paid, so super kind of comes after that, and then suppliers get left in the shit. Yeah, um, you know, you, you sign a contract when you do a credit app with a with a supplier, but if you go into administration, there's there's very little you can do, and there's very low chance you get money back. So mm. someone might have supplied him with you know hundreds of thousands worth of product, and they're not getting their money, um, mm-hmm, and that can have yeah. a massive knock on effect. I don't, I don't think that's that's spoken. That could end them. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time it's spoken of as like poor Jamie Oliver had to close his bloody restaurants. <laughs> and they don't go into the fucking millions of dollars of debt that he owes people mm. who are now in the shit. And yep. as a supplier, you would probably, you know, if they were a few months behind on something, you'd kind of think, well, yeah, we'll get it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot of trust <laughs> when it comes to that sort of thing. Massive. Well, yeah, yeah. I, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, our suppliers. I'm a supplier. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've, yeah, I've got yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah. I've got invoices that are over six months outstanding. Mm. Like, you know, more. And restaurants yeah. are yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. That. And that's your fucking livelihood. Yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah, this, this kind of was a done thing again. Yeah. Um, so I think there's kind of, 
There's definitely two types of closures. There's when big companies close. Yeah, there's this, there's, there's the people who get screwed by it, they get hurt a bit. Um, but then there's been some sort of other close, other closures, things because people aren't because it's not viable, and, it, and it's becoming increasingly hard. Well, that's the interesting viable. case of yeah, Jade, Jade Temple. Yeah, I think, like mm. we were sort of talking about it before it started, but yeah, I guess when you get to a get get to corporation level like that, such a massive company. Um, you know, when it, when you're at, a, at the size of a company like that, it's it's not just let's just keep these businesses being successful. It's mm. let's continue growth. Yeah. And when you're owned by a sort of a finance conglomerate, the the mentality is always like let's continue growth. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, opening a place like Jade Temple, um, one of the quotes from Neil Perry was the food's great. We, we were doing everything we wanted to do, but it just didn't resonate with the dining public. Yeah. So that's like, it's it's sort of like thinking like what you were saying before. These these people have a high profile. They'll, they'll, they go on MasterChef and and you know they'll win a hat in their first year because they are who they are and they, they look the food probably deserves it. It's a great job done, um, all the rest of it. But does it does it always work? You know, like and when you are pushed to continually grow, like I'm, I'm assuming they are with Rockpool Group, uh, you know. You, you you are going to have some yeah, fight. like I mean, not everything's going to work. That makes you when you independent, uh, you know, financed by yourself, restaurant or group. Um, that does really put in perspective when a, a restaurant with a beautiful fit out, amazing food, an army of chefs, a name on Neil Perry, all in the world. When they can't make money, that that shows how hard it is to the rest of us. Yeah, um, and that that kind of really puts it in perspective. Um, and again, that was one of the reasons that everyone was very honest about was like they were putting a lot of time and money into it. And just not seeing the reward, and eventually you, you can't keep, you can't sustain that. Yeah, um, and it's becoming cre- increasingly harder and harder to do that in, in the in the industry when, when it is so competitive as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess just shout out and congrats to all the businesses out there who are, yeah. you know, who are doing doing the right thing, who are paying their staff right, who are sourcing quality produce, who have had this vision from the start and it's worked for him because that's what you guys, you know, we, we talked last time about all the positivities of hospitality and... Now we're back to the negatives. <laughs> well, it, it, closing is <laughs> a negative, but the fact that you make it work and, and you do everything right, there's a lot there's yeah, a lot yeah, of integrity yeah. there. There's, so, there's a lot that goes yeah. into it exactly. it's fucking yeah, hard. Exactly. Respectively, it really is hard. Any, any hospitality business of any of any kind of uh, any size going. My I advice, hard I, I think with the whole... I mean, I... I've seen a few places locally come and go and you hear this or that about, oh, you know, the person who opened it. And I mean, I have been cooking or been in the industry since 1999 and I didn't do my own thing until 2014. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a good job and you kind of think, maybe I want to open a cafe. I do. And like I'm telling you, you know, it's it's really really fucking hard, as we just mentioned. And we, you know, we struggle from time to time, and yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. to work so hard to make it work. And you've got to have great ideas, integrity, and creativity. If you, you know, if you've got a good job and you think I just want to dabble in the industry, it's probably it might work, but it's yeah. probably not but the best idea. Take take your time. Know know what you want to do. Know how you're going to do it. Know where your customers are going to come from. Maybe um, work in the industry for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If but, it's really man, easy, yeah. dream. But yeah, like, look, I've got a lot of people that have had both <laughs> like successful businesses in the industry and also like, um, 
Yeah, and 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 ones that might not have worked that mm. have had a lot of money put into them, and like that their advice to any potential new business owners is the same as what you guys. It's like have a really serious fucking think about yeah. it because it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done, yeah. and you might not get paid for it, and you might lose a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah. going to be the most stressful. I can yeah. guarantee it. <laughs> Probably the most stressful thing you've ever done. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thing. All right. Well, let's move on to um, onto pokies. Uh, yeah, we had a good chat about about pokies. I guess one of the um, one of the new developments in the pokies story and and what we were talking about in the podcast was that Woolworths chairman Gordon Cairns recently uh, made a few admissions about some of the practices of Woolworths with their pokies, and essentially were saying that gamblers were being profiled. Um, descriptive information was being recorded about gaming customers and people were urged to provide free drinks and food to facilitate people continuing and extending their gambling which is I guess a positive thing for a Woolworths representative to admit those sorts of practices and and admit that they're they're wrong because they're obviously quite wrong Um, and I guess some of the rhetoric in the story as well was that they're looking at ways of curbing that approach because it doesn't sort of align with their values, which sounds like oh, a very f- diplomatic. Yeah, exactly. A very diplomatic. What, what yeah. values? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it did. It did. You know, before apparently, did it align with values before when you were doing it, or what's the game? Yeah. Or did people just fucking know? Yeah. And also, I mean, they they were caught some managers from a. a Pub, I assume it was, or maybe it was an hour cell. We're caught. Um, no, it would have been a public. Well, yeah, it's it's it's, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. was. Um, someone filmed a, a staff meeting undercover, and, and it was, it was, they were talking about how how they're down from last year and making this money. That, that's actually down. We're losing money or something. And you need to offer everyone who's on the on our pokies. You need to offer them a, a drink within two minutes, and you need to offer them something to eat within five minutes. And it was, you know, they caught the whole kind of meeting and the sort of. Yeah, whether, whether it was just just that one supervisor, but he, I'm assuming it was sort of passed down from above because he was trying to meet his targets, trying to get his staff yep. to meet their targets. Um, so it took that for for an apology or from a, an admission of guilt. Um, yeah. To uh, kind of took them to be caught red-handed, as it were, until they admitted anything. Mm. But yeah. uh, what, like, there's been admissions, and you know, this guy's come out and said, "This is what's been happening." Um, as you said, Steph, but like, no, what gets done about it? Nothing. Like, what got done to those people? Like, did the they... only thing that can happen is legislation change, and I guess some some political parties, yeah. uh, particularly in New South Wales, are working very hard to try to change legislation, and that's the level where it has to change in order yeah. for something to happen. Well, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or they're I mean, not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Any well, comments yeah. are they? Like, I think one of the uh, like I kind of had this this sort of comparison that kind of highlights how fucked up it is to provide gamblers free drinks and food in order to continue so like if we look at it as an addiction which it is the same as any other addiction we recognize that an addiction is a dangerous thing and it's bad for you know it's bad for it's bad economically it's bad socially it's bad for for people's mental health all those sorts of things um and if you equate it to something like an alcohol addiction we're so in touch with how dangerous alcohol can be that RSA laws are in place that when there is someone sitting at a bar getting absolutely flogged, yeah. the people at, at, behind that bar are n- legally not allowed to serve that person well, yeah. any more alcohol. Well, they get fined. Whereas yes. the opposite occurs with gambling addiction in yeah. that if you're sitting there, you 
are more than within your rights to use whatever techniques you can to keep that person yeah. doing, you know, that, doing thing, that thing, which is their addiction. addiction. It's like if you had a drunk person in a pub and you were encouraged to offer them lots of water and a kebab to soak them up a bit so they could spend more money on beer. Hmm. You'd be like, well, great, he's pissed. You guys need to get him sober within five minutes so we can buy another beer. Hmm. Like, it would be the equivalent of that. Yeah. Um, it's addiction and it's and it's a it's a terrible addiction and it destroys people and yeah. it's it's very sad that you know New South Wales th- continues to be this extremely unique place yeah, in its in its pokies you know our, our whole volume was, was probably there needs to be a, a lot less poker machines I, I think mm-hmm. outlawing them you know people still have the right to uh, to to gamble if if they want to um, I think there should also be more awareness about the dangers of it um, but the just the sheer amount. And, and the, the ease of use of them is what was scary. Mm. And convenience. I mean, like like you say, people if people want to ha- want to gamble, that like that's not everyone has a gambling addiction. There are people that just enjoy yeah. having a punt or whatever. But like, there seriously should be, you know, some like yeah. go to a casino. You know, like mm. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to. Like, I don't want to yeah. do it. Watch it. It's just, yeah, the, the predatory nature of, of the, the staff and the mm. leader and coach, and obviously that, that, that's completely that's wrong. It's fucking un, messed un, un, up. Unethical. And there should be some consequences. Like, mm. there should be some laws, you know, um, like there are when it comes to alcohol. Like, fines for people yeah. preying on people with addiction. Like, like you say, there's so much... Everyone's so conscious at the moment about mental health. There's so many... Um, Campaigns, um, people raising money and doing things to help people, and mm. then you've got completely irresponsible, you know, like Woolworths, who was such a massive, massive company, yeah. being completely irresponsible with with people's lives, mm. essentially. And there's nothing being done about it. Yeah. They just do what they just do whatever they want. And there's no consequences. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's that's very fair. This, you know, they can come out and say, yes, we're doing this, and. We're going to make some changes because it, it, it is wrong, yeah. but nothing gets done about it. It's yeah. almost fucking comical. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, yeah. And that, that's kind of, like, is there any repercussions? Is, is there, like, like, is there enough training provided to people who work in these, in, um, you know, in, in clubs and the gap to, to spot addiction and, to, and to, to see these problems occurring? Like, things well, like that. I mean, that's, that's isn't change. that what you do when you do, is it an RCG, yeah? Yeah, I've never done that what one. you do? I've, I've never done it. But yeah. Like, Responsible gambler. Yeah. What's responsible? What's yeah, responsible well, yeah. about what you put? Do they teach you techniques in how to fucking get people to play? Well, yeah, yeah. I've, I've never done one. I think so. that I think that maybe what. Yeah, it just seems to be one of these things where like they think that it's enough to have a sign in the bathroom that says "Is yeah. gambling a problem for you?" Yeah. and to have clocks in the right places so people can see how long they've been sitting on a poker machine for. Mm. They they seem to think that that that's the type of legislation that helps with gambling addiction whereas it yeah. really it really doesn't like those like I don't think that those ads is, is yeah. call this number if you're a gambling addict does that really get through to a lot of people like yeah, I mean you've yeah. still got and then they walk out of there and there's just all these fruit machines right in their face where yeah, it's like yeah. come and spend some that money doesn't it's quite like equate. there's one yeah. sign they're having a piss yeah <laughs> there's fucking a hundred gamblers all lit up and making fucking happy noises yeah. well, I can tell you from someone who used, used to gamble a lot when I was younger like you don't give a shit about a sign in the bathroom. You don't give yeah. a fuck. You just go. You give a fuck about going and putting your next fifty in because that machine owes you two hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, seriously. Or you're yeah, with yeah. your mates and it's normal. Like it's about it's about having how many fucking thousand poker machines in New South Wales. Like that's what it's about. Yeah. Con- like accessibility, convenience. Like 
if you had to duck to Sydney to go to the casino to to play, or, or like you know had to go to a designated place, like it just would be so much different. Like mm. if you're having a beer with your mates in a pub and there's pokies yeah. that you can hear next to you, do and you, know you want to go play them. But like, I think you we, we mentioned the last one is is that most poke areas have a have a smoking area. And it's fucking inside. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know how they get away with it. There's, like, a small vent in a corner, and like, oh, that's fine, I'll just fucking blow it all out. That, that, that is easily, like, because, you know, going out for a ciggy, you'd all sit there, and you're in the fucking pokey room a lot of the time. Mm. Sometimes that's one of the only places to go for a smoke. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of forced in there. So that definitely, you know, group group of, group of you know, me and my mates who are having going for a ciggy, you're in the fucking poke areas, you know, my mates. Some, oh, some, some friends. Some, yeah, some friends are, you know, sight of it, 20 bucks goes in. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something we're going to mention today is that somehow, because if that was a smoking room in any other, any other place, I'm sure that wouldn't be legal. Mm. But it seems like <laughs> if there's a pokey there, you can have a little fucking. Yeah, we'll throw, <laughs> two, we'll, two by no, we'll throw one at the back of the restaurant. So well, yeah, yeah. Build a little room with I'm, a fan I'm, in it. I'm thinking of getting rid of the private <laughs> dimes upstairs, actually, and chucking a couple in. Put a couple of pokes yeah. in. Oh, it'd make life a bit easier, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, financially. <laughs> yeah, okay. How you going, Phil? Fine. Yeah? yeah, yeah. What have you been up to? Uh, very little. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> reading and doing nothing. That's good. Do you want a beer? No, I'm okay. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll indulge a little later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the first live year of the podcast. Yeah. 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 So, so, so I guess uh, all in all, when it comes to the pokies, not much has changed. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah. not much has changed, really. Yeah. Well, Let's well, just hope that legislation, from, yeah, yeah. policymakers and things like that are continuing to push. I guess maybe when it comes to issues like this of public health, like, and I think maybe smoking is a good example of it, yeah, no, it's it's probably not a fair comparison though. But smoking, they're putting the prices up of cigarettes all the time now. Like, is is the pokies issue something that is? It's like it'll take the same path as something like smoking laws. It's just that we are earlier on in the process of us recognizing this as a real public health issue than yeah. an issue like smoking. I think I think you're definitely right, and we are earlier. Yeah. But I think this problem is like. We spoke about the statistics, and they're all like it's it's almost a joke. Like mm. those statistics, it's, oh, yeah, it's yeah. fucking insane. It, like yeah, if we, we aren't realizing now, yeah, how much longer is it going to take? But like, how, yeah, I mean, how easily available <coughs> the statistics? Like we obviously all did a bit of research to it. Yeah, they are but, there. And, and every every time you saw one, you're like, is that right? Yeah. You're like they make that much money. You're like holy shit! But the like, fact that the fact that those statistics are unique to our state, yeah, mm. in the entire world, like that should seriously be enough but obviously there's some money in it for the right people isn't there mm. like <laughs> one way or another people or not necessarily individuals but there's some it, money in it the, fu- the funny thing I don't know whether or not we I brought this up but um, the so say the turnover what's the turnover in an average pokey does anyone remember that stat it's like a hundred grand a year yeah, or something it's like one pokey's worth a hundred grand a, a yeah, year yeah, too. Yeah. That's, that's profit or profit yeah, yeah. Yeah. or something like that now those pokies have a return rate of something like between 85 to 95%, which is outrageous because you, you just imagine the amount of gambling that's going on for 80 to 95% of the, of the money yeah, yeah. coming back out to the customer, yeah. yet okay, that machine's still making $100,000 a year. I think, did we bring it up in the last one? I think on a documentary I, I saw, when you really think about that 90, 95%, 95%, whatever it is, it says 90% return, that's on every hit. Mm. So if, if you, you know, gamble, it yeah, right, goes yeah. round, you lose a dollar. Now you're only getting back 90% of, of the 19 bucks you got left. 
So every time you hit it, you're 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 basically just you're just basically giving them you know you're, you're losing ten percent uh, on average every hit. You're giving them ten to fifteen yeah. cents on a dollar bet. Every yeah, time yeah. You every time you press, you're just giving them ten percent. So it, you know, so it appears, and the statistics, and that that when I heard that years ago, like oh, they pay out ninety percent. You're like, oh fuck, you, you can hardly lose them. Yeah, <laughs> like like, and it feels like that when you really look into the into the, the sort of maths of it, you realise you're just. You're just losing money because it's it, you know the machine doesn't have a memory, yeah. which everyone everyone's like that machine's going to pay out. Yeah. Or you know, oh, this is my favorite machine. Fucking <laughs> some fucking machine doesn't give a shit. Yeah. It's fucking. Yeah, it's just designed to fucking make noise and, and play play music. Well, I mean, what was the like Woolworth or, or whatever the whatever the group name is that that owns the pubs, hotels? Um, was it twelve off the top of my head? Twelve thousand eight hundred machines. In their four hundred and something yeah. venues, mm. and each machine um, profited. And this isn't this isn't like gross. This is fucking profit. It was two hundred and seventy something dollars per day. Yeah. So do That's the math. Do the math. Sorry, Woolworths, your little one million for the fucking drought relief ain't enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How about twenty percent of yeah. uh, your month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And you're still kill- and you're still fucking killing it. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely nothing. So yeah, I guess yeah to wrap up pokies. People are still playing the pokies as much as they always were, um, yeah. and and I guess hopefully it's a matter of sort of like pressure and time, and the people who can affect policy change um, are sort of where where a lot of our hopes sort of lie. So I guess when it comes down to the individual, and you are are against pokies and you yeah. don't like this, or you have some history of gambling addiction in your family, you got to vote for the right for the right people. Really, it's going to take, it. take a change of government. It's from yeah, the top. Anything yeah. actually happens. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Problem solved. <laughs> we Blonde dusted. We had a women in hospo takeover podcast uh, a little while ago now with um, Jen, Kayla, and Maddie, and we haven't weighed in on the issue really. Um, and yeah, I guess just to quickly like go over some of what's gone on. Kayla's now the head chef at Dagwood. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, so yeah. Kayla's mm. running the kitchen. There. Kayla's running the kitchen down in Dagwood, and um, they've got some other great ladies in the kitchen as well, mm. which is really cool to see. Yeah. Uh, and Jen, Andy, she really enjoyed herself, and yeah. she's since then. I mean, you put, um, you put her in contact with Anna, mm-hmm. um, and sorry, Pavoni, Anna yep. Pavoni, yeah. Um, with the women in hospitality, they've got a they've got a website. Do you know, is it women? I think it's just women in hospitality. Mm. The website. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, um, they're doing some pretty cool things, and Jen's had a bit of contact with her, and and has gotten Jen's backstory. Not sure where it's leading, but um, I don't know. I think it would be really great for Jen and anyone else to get involved in that because I know Jen's life being back at house a lot of the time can get pretty um, pretty monotonous, and mm. she's just you know paying bills is a lot of pressure involved. It can be quite isolating, I think. So I think it's really positive and nice for. Yeah. To her to be able to be in contact with someone like that, and there's some really strong um, leadership and women and in, support, that, in that yeah. group. Yeah, um, yeah so more, shout out to them. More and more kind of organisations who are just trying to get get around and, and sort of promote women hospitality and, and the, and the you know, positives that come about yeah. it, and create awareness about how it has become a sort of male dominated industry. You know, um, Pip uh, from Helen Wolf entered the uh, speed rack competition, which is an all female uh, cocktail competition up in mm-hmm. Sydney. Um, and she's, she, she did really well. She got to the finals. Yeah, and she stuff. Got, to, got to the finals as well. Um, 
She lost. I think she lost some time for for licking her garnishes before putting them in a drink. The other thing, I guess, Helise uh, from his boy Elroy was supposed to be a part of that um, Women in Hospital podcast, but had just gotten a job with Maryvale um, with Mr. Wong, and I think one of you guys were telling me, or maybe Jesse was saying that they're putting her through a business course or something. Yeah, she's doing a. Um, she mentioned to me we tried to get her for the last podcast, which would have been really cool, and we'd love to have her in there. Yeah, at least come on the podcast next time you're all involved. Yeah, at least. Busy. Oh, they do thousand covers a day, Mr. Wong. Yeah, stop doing heaps of hours. Um, No, but she's. uh, I think they're putting her through a business diploma. She mentioned, which is which is really good. It sounds like they've got some staff training is pretty next level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like they've got some great things going on within that company, and and um, I mean, touch wood. I I hope it like is true, but it seems like they're very much leading the way and. I guess sure. how a company that size should act. Their their staff. I've I've got a mate who's worked for them for oh, it must be six six plus years um, as a their in house horticulturalist. Looks mm. after all the indoor plants. That's that's his whole job. Um, shout out to Tets. Good on you, bro. He's fucking noble work you're doing out there. <laughs> Killing it. Yeah. No, but he but he's worked for them for a long time. You know, so there seems longevity in the job and yeah. It- yeah, look, I look. I'm good on her. She's she's killing it. Like, massive job. Yeah, massive job. I think it's a, she's assistant GM. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and she was one of the first they hired from outside there. Yeah, there first the first management. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think I think it just comes down to highlighting um, females in the industry who are doing amazing things, whereas before maybe they were overlooked um, by media and by other people, which is um, odd. Because they're doing well, exactly, exactly, yeah, literally yeah. exactly the same job as yeah, yeah. a chef. And there or, was some, there's, you know, someone like uh, Claire Smythe, who was the, the head chef or chef de cuisine at restaurant Gordon Ramsay, was voted um, best female chef in the world. Just opened her first restaurant and um, just just came third, I think, in the uh, Good Food Guide in the UK. So, that, and then and someone like that is, is getting so much more exposure. Someone like Annalise Gregory here. Um, this has sort of been everywhere. So, I think. The, the female chefs in the industry who are doing amazing things are, are getting some, some limelight now so you rightly deserved but um, it's, it's a long way to, for it being anywhere kind of equal in, in numbers which which probably yeah. does show it with, with some of our guests a lot of time is that um, there's just not that many females in hospitality I know so there are a lot mm. more men who work in hospitality and that's just the uh, especially in the kitchen in the though. kitchen well, also yeah yeah. Yes. yeah yeah in front of the house we've only got one I mean David's our only male yeah front of house at, at the restaurant and we've got, we've got an amazing crew yeah, yeah exactly yeah, it's the same here we're um, very lucky mm. and the, the one sorry I just brought up this um, post from Attica their som uh, uh, Jane has just Lopez. yeah she's just become I think master som third master sommelier in Australia mm-hmm. yeah uh, no yeah. there's Six. Six now. Six okay, now. this number keeps just... I'm, I'm getting... Yeah, I'm getting so she should be the six. Her husband's also a master song. And, um, uh, yeah, and, so their, and their six-year-old child is now... Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's fucking... Mad. He's suddenly a bastard. He's making <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> no, but shout out. That's that's obviously, um, from what I know, um, a massive achievement. Yeah, and, and wine industry, similar problem. Uh, male-dominated. But, it's, yeah, in Australia, actually, they're, they're kind of really pushing it. Some amazing female winemakers... Mm-hmm. Um, in Australia at the moment and uh, heaps of great songs heaps of good you know, distributors and, and all sorts of levels coming through um, so yeah and, uh, that, you know, similar problems to, to restaurants but yeah starting to starting to all happen mm-hmm. cool so we basically solved that one yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah sounds like it yeah done yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, like I guess I, I guess it's just a matter of yeah exposure and and, and progress. Yeah, and, and and it seems to be happening. I I don't know. Like, do you, do you see us eventually getting to the point where we we don't have to talk about women I in hospitality as an issue? So. Like, like, I hope so. Like in like now, like yeah. in the very near future. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's coming along at the same rate as sort of wider culture. It is now that, uh, that female issues. Have kind of in some ways finally being heard and finally being addressed and um, things things like male privilege and um, they're kind of at the forefront of the media in all, in all areas so it's obviously going to catch up in, in industries as well yep. well I hope for our industry it's like now <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah I mean it'd be good if hospitality was really kind of on the forefront of it which I, I can't really say at the moment but I think with enough people pushing things and enough support it, it could be really an industry where things like this there's no more pay gap or you know there's no more this that and the other mm-hmm. that'd be cool cool mm. all right um what else we want to talk about guys there's the environmental podcast that we did which is a huge issue and i guess there's obviously constant progress in this area yeah um i think it, that that's pretty recent was yeah bags had, had did we chat about the uh, bag, bag was Coles that happening bags. Yeah, so the Coles bags issue has happened recently, which is like (laughs) another case of a large corporation trying to sort of like sidestep an issue and and, and, and saying instead of of giving you three free throwaway bags, which they're not allowed to do anymore, they're going to give you three reusable bags, which are also plastic, but they're just calling them reusable. Because they're slightly tougher. Better bags or something? (laughs) Yeah. Um, a lot of backlash for that, which is great as well, because that we interviewed yeah. Jack on the podcast about that, and he says that now because of the nature of media, the nature of social media, mm. uh, backlash and 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 the public voicing their opinion about yeah, these sorts yeah. of decisions well, are going to be a factor for you. Yeah. So good on you, public. Consequence, like, like I'm as bad as it. I've got, I've got some you know, solid bags, but I walk down there and be like, "Fuck, I forgot them." But I know there's there's bags there. Like I can just grab a couple more of them. Like, yeah. there's, there's nothing to, to really force me, same with a keep cup. It's like, if you have a keep cup, it turns out fire, your car is waiting for you, remember. Mm. Like, there's nothing forcing me to suddenly go back and get them. I'll, just, I'll, I'll remember them next time. And there's, there's no consequence. Mm. Um, so until there's actual consequence of like, oh, you haven't got any bags? Oh, fuck. Yeah, you better go get some. Or, or you've got to pay for this fucking bag that's going to cost you $2.50. Maybe you'll bring it next time. Mm. Well, what about, the, gonna change. what about the guy who, there was that photo of him with a trolley in the back of his SUV? Mm. Did anyone see that? <laughs> no. Well, yeah, if you're listening, you're a fuckwit. You steal a trolley. Um, <laughs> so he's always oh, like, okay, Jeffy if you're not going to give me a bag, I'll just take your trolley. Oh, and he put the trolley in the back of his car with all his shopping in it. Like, it must be tough being you, bro. You just put the fucking shopping in the back. Oh, it, anyway, trolley, but that's, what, that's, that's actually, that was a thing. Yeah, right. There was a lot of comments. I think the positives that have come from it is that people are just, um, those sorts of things happen and people are just getting... Destroyed, yeah, yeah, yeah and called yeah. out on social media, and yeah. and I think the response in hospitality when people you know started with the straw was quite a small thing, um, but then onto onto a lot of other issues, and there's a lot of them talk of, of using using waste things, using your, your, your uh, fruit skins and citrus and things like that, yeah. um, even the uh, when life gives you lemons things that um, uh, have been harvested. Um, there's been a lot of talking with that in, in the hospitality industry, and, and it's the reception from your customers has been overall positive mm-hmm. um, generally very positive and you know so that, that only means we can kind of increase doing things um, the bar, uh, this must be the place up in Sydney mm-hmm. recently changed their name to this must be the end and they're going to focus for six months solely on 
how they can become more sustainable, more environmentally friendly, and kind of create more kind of closed loops um, within their business. And I was like, fuck, that's pretty, uh, that's quite a step to actually yeah. change, yeah. change your name mm. and really focus on it. But I know when the, when the owners did a, did a cocktail competition where he even saved the serviettes, they'd, they'd, keep, they'd put beers on on the, on the counter, saved them up and made his own beer mats by like mulching them down and and, bit, and like he did a cocktail was completely closed loop so nothing was wasted nothing was thrown away yep. so, so guys like that really kind of leading the way and, oh, yeah. and probably coming up with more ways that you might not have thought about that you can become sort of more environmentally friendly um, one, one thing that people might see around Wollongong is this green caffeine swap and go keep cup system yeah have you, has anyone yeah. seen no, any of those yet so uh, invented by a couple of Kayama guys, this article in Mercury's from the 23rd of June, 2018. And the company's called Green Caffeine. And essentially, as a cafe, you can sign up to have these green caffeine cups there. And if people forget to bring a keep cup or whatever, like it's, you know, you'll have an app on your phone or whatever. But essentially, you can just grab one of the cups, um, use that, and then you can take back your dirty cups to any of the any of the participating cafes, and right, and, okay. and they'll wash them, and you can get a fresh yeah. one. Okay, so yeah, yeah, if yeah. if you haven't washed your cup or w- whatever it might be, there's um, options there for you. Yeah, so it's okay. kind of trying to like, it's 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 trying to sort of end a solution to I I forgot my keep cup because that's yeah, one of the yeah, that's yeah. one of the actual little challenges with the keep cup and it happens to me all the time is that I forget to take it out of my car yeah, and and then when I do like I'll clean it like even put it in the dishwasher and then I'll leave it in the dishwasher and they won't have it with me next time yeah, yeah. you know so you've got to be really diligent about that sort of stuff and yeah. solutions like these where you can you know you can just use that you can just grab one yeah. and you, you don't have to pay extra for that or whatever or yeah. you can get reimbursed or something yeah, like that yeah. um, people need to appreciate that this, that is taking time and money from these businesses who are signed up to it um, you know, having you know, keeping the cups, washing the cups. They're paying people to wash them. Well, exactly, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, make sure you support cafes that are doing things like this. You, know, you know, spend a bit more money, go there an extra time a week or whatever it is, because um, you know, they don't make any extra money from having these these things. Yeah, yeah, going on. Yeah, and as as usual, shout out to all the uh, local organisations, Plastic Free Wollongong, uh, every, you know, Hidden Harvest, all those environmentally conscious organisations that are pushing um, that sort of thing here. Yeah, it's and, nice. and Wollongong does really well with that. Uh, there's a lot of different sort of organisations and expos and things like that that um, people can be a part of, workshops. I know Hidden Harvest do a lot of workshops and stuff now. There's permaculture. Uh, you know, food, Fair Food app, there's a guy that's got an app that's, that's kind of doing quite well with... Um, different producers and cafes and things like that that source you know ethical produce and stuff and 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 keeping track of those sorts of things so there's a lot going on um sometimes it's hard to try to find you know a a hub where you can be across all these different Mm -hmm. different things that are happening and that's that's actually one thing that i want to be doing more of when i get back from overseas on the radio show is to kind of be talking to some of these local um people who have started these sort of environmental organizations um and and talk about what they're doing. So and these guys are, are like the ones I know. It's they're all doing it off their own time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Making money off it. Yeah, doing it because they're passionate Vol- about it, and it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, uh, guys, we did a show about online reviews. Is there anything that you want to talk about when it comes to online reviews? Didn't solve that one. No. It's still the same. It's, it's exactly nah. the same. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Nothing funny's happened. Is there? Yeah. 
other other thoughts, guys? Anything any, anything else regarding some of the previous podcasts? Because we can bring this section to an end and then just do a little catch up after this. But uh, any other thoughts regarding some of the other podcasts that we've done? Any updates or anything that you can think of? Um, not particularly. I mean, it's something while still doing amazing things, still yep. bringing us some great products, and uh, I know they're they're always searching um, to find new communities they can work with um, to to find products and produce. Uh, hopefully have those guys down again at some point for dinner we'd like to get them down for a sort of longer weekend and, and get them in a sort of community as well so that'd be cool um, I'm sure what happened they go Green Ant Gin won a gold medal at San Francisco uh, Spirit Awards one of the biggest awards in the world I'm sure we mentioned that that's cool on the that's day. really cool um, so, this, so that's great that uh, you know, something like a product like Green Ants which is quite traditional and, and you know, quite Australian uh, is getting some sort of world coverage in that sense Uh I think they're bringing out a wattle seed lager. They did it a while ago, but they're, they're going to redo it with a good mismatch, I think. So, sounds like it'd be tasty. Sounds nice. good. Yeah, I'm down. Um, so, we've got those guys still killing it Shannon and Daniel. And everyone else involved. Yep. What else we done? I can't remember after them. We did online reviews. We also did one that was um, just about wild food and foraging and things like that, but uh, there's not yeah. really any news when it comes to that. I did find some wild asparagus down the beach the other day. Yeah, right. Don't think I'll find it again. It was, it was like in the middle of the bush. But there's always like, yeah, well. if you go out and, and if you, you know, you kind of, it's something I, I saw recently on someone's Instagram. So when I saw it, I was like, oh shit, I think that's wild asparagus. So, you know, it, what it tastes like? Uh, like really shit asparagus. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was ready. <laughs> he's too young. Yeah, right. He's green and bitter. Just eating it okay. straight but, from the ground like a horse. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. <laughs> um, But like, like if, if you kind of keep your eye out and you go out places, you you will always find new things. And oh, even, I do. Even, I do. even like like the the salt bush. Actually, that we, myself and Andy both used. I actually finally found out what the actual type of salt bush that is, and it's called sea berry salt bush. Okay. And I actually think it's uh, native to the water. Oh, yeah, cool. right. yeah, so, so even, cool like, even, even little things like that because I've never seen anyone else use it either. <coughs> it's always like a different type of salt bush. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, old, yeah, old yeah, man's salt bush, which I found, and I found some of that down the beach as well. So, like, it's one of those things you will always discover new edible things if you keep your eyes out. Yeah, if you just put your head down and eat them. Yeah, well, yeah, basically. <laughs> no yeah. regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it looks, it looks weird, but you know what I mean? Someone's yeah. got to do it. Some, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. <laughs> Yeah, well, cool. Uh, this, like, I guess this episode was just for us to sort of do a little wrap of um, some of the issues that we've been talking about. There's obviously been a few, you know, a few new things come to light around some of these issues. Um, one of the things that I guess I want to stress to everyone that listens to this podcast is that we really, really want you to get in touch with us. Please. So, you know, Fuck. again, <laughs> if you've got anything to talk about, if you're a producer, if you're a business owner, if you're a chef, if you're front of house staff, if you're a Food photographer, media, writer, yeah. journalist, whatever you are. If, if, you're, if you're a dishy and you want to talk about the struggles of being a dishy, let us know. That'd yeah. be hilarious. Um, I'll on. do a phone yeah. in. We'll do we'll, an yeah, interview. We'll, we'll do that. Or right. if you're doing something, like as we've just mentioned, that's environmental, yeah. off your own bat, and you want like to talk about it. And I'm pretty sure a few people listen to this, so you'll get your voice out there yeah. more than it probably already is. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah, hit us up. So, you can hit us up. Um, the email is info at quicksandfood.com, which is my email address. And, yeah, just hit us up with whatever feedback you have or any other talking points or just coming on the podcast. Because I guess one of the things as well is that we we want to enhance the Wollongong and Illawarra hospitality community. So, we want to get to know other business owners out there and, 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 and get their perspective on all these things. We obviously, you know, like we've had 
people from similar businesses, people like who work around the, the centre of Wollongong in the city, but Illawarra is a big place. Mm. So, you know, if you're from Gerringong, if you're from Kiama, or if you're from Stanwell Park or well, whatever, wherever you're from, yeah. get, like even if you're from Sydney or interstate or whatever, give us a call. And we can talk about stuff with you. Um, info at quicksandfood.com. But yeah, we'll wrap it up there, I guess, for this week, guys. Uh, social media quickly, boys. Uh, Simon underscore Evans underscore Caveau for my personal one. Uh, Caveau underscore restaurant um, restaurant Instagram and then just Caveau restaurant on Facebook will find it. Sweet. Uh, at Chef Andy Burns at Babyface Kitchen at two underscore smoking barrels. Yep. And it's at Quicksand Food on Facebook and Instagram for my stuff at Steph Quicksand for... Uh, my like radio show that I do here on Vox FM 106.9 Tuesday yeah. nights from 8 good, to 10 good p.m. Good clean down music. Good clean down music, or as always. Uh, so yeah, get in touch, whether it's social media or whatever. If you want to support this podcast, then just leave us a review or a uh, rating on iTunes. We don't have any physical reviews yet. So if you write a comment about how awesome this podcast is, then it'll be the first one. First one. So at least you get to, you yeah. get to tick that off and gloat to your friends about how you're the first person Pioneer. to ever review the Gong Show yeah, on yeah, iTunes. Yeah. All right. That's so, right. yeah, I guess uh, this was a wrap. But um, thank you so much for listening. As always, really appreciate everyone listening to us ramble on here at Cavo for a couple of hours. So yeah. we'll see you in a couple of weeks, I guess. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.